sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? I am Sean Sears. I am joined with Ryan Davis today. This is Locked On Cubs. We're part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Um, on today's show, we're talking about, you guessed it, the Chicago Cubs after this opening day. Kind of a dud of an opening day for Pretty much like, I mean, God, it was so long, but it sucked from basically start to finish. But um, Ryan, thanks for coming on today. Um, man, opening day yeah, kind of meh. No, that was a little disappointing. Uh, but I mean, we, we talked about a lot of the stuff that kind of happened. Uh, we talked about Kyle Hendricks' first three starts of the season, statistically always kind of his worst. And we had theorized that maybe the cold has something to do with it with his stuff because you know having the right feel on the ball would be so important for a guy like him who can't get away with missing his spot if he throws 97 um so yeah um i think some of that stuff kind of came out with hendrix yesterday it seemed really obvious that cubs pitchers in general didn't have a feel for the ball which is odd because pirates pitchers didn't have that problem but we can get into that in a little bit yeah yeah, it definitely wasn't reflected on the same side. Chad Cool, like you said, struggled a little bit, but not nearly as much as Kyle Hendricks was throughout that start. But um, before we get started, today's episode is brought, by, brought to you by Locker Room. Uh, download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locker Room rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, I just did an awful read for that, but Locker Room actually is a very cool app. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, there's a lot of lockdown hosts that have been using it, but it's essentially like a live chat room that we're talking in that we record later as the podcast. So it'd be a fun way to interact with you guys if you're interested in that. Uh, let us know through Twitter. But uh, switching through gears here, talking about opening day here on today's episode, we'll obviously be recapping opening day loss here. The Cubs drop their first game of the series 5-3 to three, to the Pirates Elite, playing them throughout the weekend obviously have that off day to prepare in case there was a rain out but saturday sunday we'll talk about that game later on uh those games at least later on but we're gonna kind of dive heavy into opening day as we talk to the top of the show kyle hendricks not looking so hot pirates pitching didn't look great either but uh, at least held the cubs at bay for the majority of this game um the I mean, immediate thing right away was like you talked about, we kind of nailed it. At, at least you did at the top of our show yesterday. Um, Kyle Hendricks struggled in this and struggled immediately. Just didn't have command. The pitching itself, it was the issue. I think the Cubs walked the first leadoff, or I think they walked the leadoff batter in their first five innings yesterday. Um, 11 walks in total. It wasn't the greatest outing pitching wise, but the offense, not awful. I mean, like, we saw some production. We saw them, I mean, what, for two hits <laughs> to score three runs? Pretty okay. What would you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. If, if you wanted to take a positive away from a single game, uh, because we know that one game is not, you know, enigmatic or uh, uh, it, it's not emblematic of uh, an entire season that's yet to come, right? Mm -hmm. So if we want to take maybe a silver lining out of it, it's that for how long have we complained that 
the Cubs couldn't manufacture runs when they needed to. And they did. I mean, when they weren't getting hits yesterday, they were, you know, when that runner did get on, they were moving him over and then driving him in all three runs driven in off sack flies. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. You know, that's, that's really not bad. Um, on a cold April day, um, outside of the 11 walks, which are inexcusable and, and terrible, you know, if, if the other team isn't struggling with walking your batters, you shouldn't be struggling that bad. Even if it, if there is issue, you know, issues with cold and the feel on the ball, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think that on a you would take you would not take three runs on a cold day like this in April if the Cubs are manufacturing those runs when it's so hard to hit. But uh, on the flip side of that, there is also the argument that on those cold days with the wind blowing straight in mm -hmm. when it's only 35 degrees, it's typically only hard for the Cubs to hit because <laughs> key Brian Hayes hit one halfway up the bleachers in left field yesterday. But, you know. Obviously, it's too cold for anybody else to hit. Yeah. <laughs> Key Brian Hayes absolutely teed off on that ball. That was pretty fun. He's going to be a fun player for the Pirates. Uh, a guy with a lot of speed, a lot of pop. Um, I know the Lockdown Pirates host, uh, Ethan Smith, said the uh, he thinks that they uh, Key Brian Hayes has a really good shot of being the Rookie of the Year this year. Yeah, he, he started it off a great campaign in 2021 so far, hopefully. But um, I did think it was interesting. I mean, like, as much as the Cubs, I mean, they, they only walked four times, struck out 13 times. The Pirates obviously walked 11 times, but struck out 10 times, too. I mean, like, the real difference really was that the Cubs just were – their bats were just kind of swinging at everything. They come away with 13 strikeouts. Jason Hayward and Javier Baez both struck out three times yesterday. Um, Jock Peterson struck out twice. But everyone in the starting lineup had at least a strikeout. Uh, the Cubs just weren't showing much great discipline. And even, like, later on in some of the games, like in the top of the ninth, Chris Bryant swung at the first pitch he saw and popped it up to, for, to center field. I like the approach, but yeah. understand the situation. Even if you hit a home run, Christopher, you you still need a couple more. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it just felt like there was a lot of guys. I could see there being a lot of guys wanting to prove that, you know, 2020 was just a fluke. They're ready to get on top of these things. But um, I think it was still good to see the Cubs scoring runs despite their offense clearly not handling the cold very well. So hopefully that'll change. The weather's going to change dramatically, uh, quite, quite literally 30 degrees um, by the weekend. It's going to get closer to mid-60s. Still some wind, but it'll be a much more comfortable area to play baseball in. Hey, Lockdown fans, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real updates on odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. Um, I guess, who did you think offensively had some good at-bats yesterday? I, I have a couple guys in my mind, but I want to see if you picked out them too. I know you watch, I know you were listening to a good amount of the game, so I'm not going to hold you to it if you <laughs> didn't say like, well, you know, Pat Hughes had this particular at-bat that sounded good. But uh, mm -hmm. I guess who was, uh, who was somebody you felt like was having a good game yesterday? Um, yeah, I mean, I was watching while I was working, uh, so I, I didn't really get to analyze directly, but I, I thought Jock Peterson had some good at-bats. Yeah. Um, I thought Ian Happ 
uh, had one or two that I saw that were good. Um, but outside of that, uh, I, I guess Eric Sogard, he came in off the bench. But uh, yeah, I think his two swings that he had were two of the better swings of the day. So I would add him in there. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, I will say Peterson and Hap, the two guys I saw, I were the two guys I were going to mention. And looking back, they did each see uh, or Rizzo saw 21 pitches, but Hap saw 20. Peterson saw 22 pitches. That's pretty good, especially Peterson in the five hole to see that many pitches. That means he's obviously hanging around in counts. 12 of those pitches were strikes, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, uh, that's good. I, I liked what I've seen from Jack Peterson, even though, obviously, he didn't crush the ball. We were, He had one ball that, like, <laughs> the wind wasn't blowing in, was gone, like, for sure. Um, yeah. I think there were a couple balls that were hit yesterday that were a, you know, July wind blowing out at Wrigley kind of, like, halfway up the bleacher home run yeah there there were probably four or five home runs yesterday if that's wind blowing out in august right yeah i thought so too but um i did want to talk to you about the the pitching obviously we we, we talked about kyle hendricks i don't think there's much to really hold stock into that i know we pre- previewed it a little bit yesterday and mentioned here today but he struggles a little bit in those first starts, especially colder starts. And as you smartly pointed out, um, his opening day start last year came in July and he was nails, which makes sense. Um, but you did see Brandon Workman come out of the bullpen right away. But then we did see uh, another seven arms coming out with Alec Mills coming out at the end. Um, if he was available the whole game, what the heck were we doing? Especially with a Friday off, like you could have conceivably sat him for five other days if you're worried about using him on the tail end of an Adbert Alzali start. Um, what did you think about that? You know, I think it, it just indicates that um, instead of maybe assuming he's going to piggyback Alzali, that maybe Ross is going to use Alec Mills or in a traditional long man kind of role. Um, and I find that interesting. Uh, and maybe, maybe it is that, you know, the day before, uh, an Alzali start, they might stay away from Mills, but yeah, I don't think that they necessarily uh, need to hold him out just to pitch on those days. So yeah, I think I like it from the standpoint that if they're going to use Mills as a reliever in general, um, I, I like that a lot because I think we've seen in the past and I mean, yesterday to a degree, uh, that he's actually done fairly well coming out of the bullpen and that his stuff plays up a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like he's had some pretty decent success in a reliever role. Uh, and that might be, you know, as a multi-inning kind of reliever, his best role for this team. Yeah, I mean, the, that's that's a great point. And when you look at the the bullpen right now, without a Dwayne Underwood, you see this nice transition I'm going to do here. Um, you don't have too many guys <laughs> that can go extra innings. Um, but you know who looked really good on the Cubs yesterday is Dwayne Underwood. Um, he did look really good for the Pirates. Um, how mad did that make you? <laughs> uh, on a scale of one to, you know, trading you Darvish, uh, it was probably like a six. But yeah, yeah uh, it, it was pretty upsetting, especially after I had opined about uh, how I wish they had let go of Dan Winkler <laughs> instead of <laughs> Dwayne Wonderwood. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, look at the two guys who pitched yesterday. Winkler did okay, but Underwood has far better stuff, always has. And, I mean, he has the ability to get in there and blow away three guys striking out swinging. Uh, he's always had that ability, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some of it you have to grade on a curve because uh, his problem typically was giving up home runs and he was pitching against the Cubs. <laughs> ah, hmm. It's a real catch 22 there. Um, but yeah, I uh, I thought he looked great. Obviously, he struck out the side. That wasn't saying much when the Cubs did strike out 13 times yesterday. Um, so, you know, the, <laughs> this is a swing happy team. We knew that would be the case. They're, they are losing a little bit of patience without Kyle Schwarber, but obviously I think you and I agree. I think we're, we're getting hopefully maybe a little bit better version of a Jock Peterson and a guy who's uber talented i think and a guy i i think we're going to start to really uh, appreciate more of his game as we get to know him more because i think there's more layers there than what we saw in la um but i'm excited at least i I wasn't completely disappointed by this loss it was just one of those things where it's like okay yeah i mean what do you do what what do you expect when kyle hendricks leaves in the third inning you're you're not expecting a solid outcome for that team um i think it says a lot that the cubs were pretty much in this until the end um and did threaten a little bit at the end kind of sort of yeah, they um, had the they had the tying run uh, at the plate, right, with a runner on yeah. second base with only one out. I'm pretty sure. Um, yes, and then so, I think it was Baez and Hayward that struck out. Yeah. To end it. Um, so I mean, it, yeah, they were technically right there in it. Um, so yeah, that it was a disappointing loss, and yeah, I mean, getting only two hits and then your pitching staff walking eleven guys, it's never going to look good on paper, and. Um, yeah, there is a lot to be said about, you know, how the Pirates didn't seem to have quite as bad a problem with the walks. They, I think you said they only walked four Cubs batters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there there was a lot of swinging. There was some contact issues. Cubs struck out 13 times. So a lot of things to not like about it. But um, you, you know that there are going to be guys who have good years and it's going to come around, um, you know, hopefully soon. But uh, I, I think that the positive is if these guys can get a runner on, get him over and then get him in, you know, with a sack fly or a hit or whatever, uh, that that's really going to be key. If they can continue doing that, they'll have some success when those bats are awake. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was nice to see the, the, they were still getting runners on base. It wasn't like the typical, um, I mean, they were, I mean, they weren't and they weren't uh, because they were getting the walks more than anything. But it, it felt like every time that, like you said, when they got these guys on, they were they were being very opportunistic. They, they knew how precious those runs were. And it felt like a lot of times the Cubs would maybe try and play for those big innings every now and then and just come up empty. Um, you know, too many attempts at grand slams and not enough just sack flies. And uh, yeah. I think for a pitching staff, the Cubs have right now, you got to you got to make sure you're pushing runs across any way you can. So that was that yeah. was a good approach. Maybe that translates to more. Um, right. I did think it was interesting. Matt Duffy pinch it. He did. Uh, only saw three pitches, but he came off the bench. I wasn't expecting him to come in immediately, but then the opposite. Eric Sogar came in and he had a nice double too. That would probably a triple um, if anyone else was running or if you tried out of the box. But I'm not. Gonna yeah. Get out I, of I don't know. That. Yeah, it, it seemed like there was a chance maybe the um, the timing of the angles on, on the broadcast might have been misleading because it, it did certainly seem like he was standing on second base with the right fielder all the way in the corner not having picked up the ball yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's also one of those you need more than one run. Um, and wasn't that with nobody out or with one out? I mean, it, it was at a time yeah. where, you, you know, 
you you can really justify not pushing and trying to get to third base and you know if you slip or if you get thrown out that's you know crucial bad so um right. I, don't mi- I don't mind him stopping but yeah i was it, <laughs> it, I, I was really questioning the way the broadcast presented it because i was like <laughs> it feels like he he should be rounding third and gauging whether he should be coming home <laughs> yeah Instead, he's standing at second, taking his gear off. I was like, what is right. happening? <laughs> <laughs> like tickling off his elbow pad while Polanco's picking up the ball. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is, okay, whatever. <laughs> that's fine. Um, you know, for the first game of the season, I guess I'll take that, but that's fine. It was one of two hits, so <laughs> right. uh, you can't get him. What's up, Cubs fans? We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It is Bilt Bar Madness. Uh, <laughs> crazy stuff going on. Uh, basically, Bilt Bar is running a March Madness tournament with their bars. So head to BiltBar.com or excuse me, yeah, head to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get yourself 50% off your next order, but also head to BiltBar.com or go to Built underscore bar, or bar underscore build, excuse me, on Twitter to check out the uh, the bracket. It's been going on for a couple weeks now. Um, it's just really cool stuff. Uh, awesome marketing from Built Bar and also awesome opportunity for you guys to get some of their newer bars. I just got sent a new box of bars and as well as like they actually had like protein powder, pre, pre-workout stuff. Really cool. They've just got a lot of different products that I honestly wasn't familiar with until I got a care package for it. But head to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and see who is and what is the best tasting protein bar out there um something that i i I did want to mention i'm glad you brought this up before we uh we jumped on because i almost forgot about it but um the mlb decided to move the all-star game out of atlanta obviously there's that impending vote about voter restricting voter laws out there and However you feel about it, it's a tenacious and a, a tense place to be in the country at the moment. And baseball, you know, correctly made the right move and decided to move the all-star game out of Atlanta and uh, we'll look for a different location. But I guess what was your kind of reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this a little beforehand, you know, very political issue that I don't think we need to get too far into. But you and right. I agreed. We agreed it was the right call that Major League Baseball made. But uh, also, I would point out that if Major League Baseball thought by making this move that they would lose money, they wouldn't have done it because that's how they run their business. Um, and you can see that in every other aspect of how Major League Baseball operates. So it's not any different here. They made this move because they're you know, either going to make more money or they didn't calculate that they'd lose a, a tremendous amount of money for doing it. So yeah, uh, that's where I am with it is uh, they did the right thing, but probably not for entirely the right reasons. Right. That's, uh, that's kind of how I felt too. Like, you don't, we, I mean, at the end of the day, we don't need to be patting the MLB on the back for doing what, you know, should have happened to begin with. Um, it was kind of a no brainer choice. And, uh, like you said, if money had come into this in any way, I think baseball would have, you know, (laughs) at least thought twice before doing something like that, or maybe found a different sponsor to come in and throw more money at them. Who knows? But, um, 
man, it will be funny if they decide to do this just in Texas again. Um, another <laughs> place that um, necessarily has, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's an own lumps of issues too. But we don't need to get into that either. Um, if if, I did, it, just getting going off the cuff. If you wanted to, other than Wrigley Field, if you wanted to pick a, a place that you think would work really well uh, to do, you know, kind of last minute, what would what city would you pick? Um, I saw a lot of people talking about L.A. And um, I I didn't really understand that. Um, I yeah. I guess like maybe they have like the infrastructure or something like that to do something. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't know. I I mean I guess that L.A. would make sort of sense. Um, I would think it would be cool to have it in some place like in New York. Like if the Mets wanted to do something like that, I always think it's fun when the All Star Games in a big city like that. Um, but, you know, also New York is handling COVID issues and a governor mm-hmm. who's like, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the very bad things are happening in New York as well. So, like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, do we need the All-Star game? Like, I I, I would like to have it. It, it. it should happen. But I also, like, had serious concerns with the, the way the NBA kind of handled their sort of, like, one-day All-Star game sort of shenanigans, too. So, like... I don't know. I, I've heard a lot about L.A., but I don't really know why. And I don't really know why other cities would work either, too, at this point. I guess there's kind of, you know, positives and negatives to all this. But if they can do it and find a way to be safe and assuming, you know, more vaccinated people are um, are, avail- are around at that point um, in the summer, it should be able to be done safely. But, yeah, clearly Atlanta was the wrong place to have that, especially at a time like this. So. Yeah. yeah. And uh if I had to put my hat in the ring for a, for a ballpark, I would say PNC park in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Ooh, I really, that's a good pick. I really, really pretty love, park. I really love that ballpark. Pittsburgh's a great town and it has a very blue collar reputation, uh, which I think major league baseball, again, playing the, their own political angle on this and how they want the message out there would avoid a lot of the narrative of leaving Georgia for, los angeles and hollywood or new york city um i think there are some (laughs) there are some bad optics that could be exploited um by bad Uh. faith commenters in the media if you get my drift um but yeah i i think they would probably avoid (laughs) they would probably avoid that by choosing a town like pittsburgh or cincinnati or, or somewhere like that i think would be a really good choice yeah It'd be funny to make the uh, make them play in like a minor league stadium. <laughs> <laughs> all star game at the Field of Dreams. Um, Ooh, that, that'd actually I, be uh, pretty cool. Okay, yeah, I'd be all for that. If you're not going to have fans involved, do it. Play in a cornfield. That actually would be very cool. Um, okay, no more good. We can't give the MLB more good ideas because then they'll act like they they came up with them. Um, <laughs> we'll give them to Theo on the side, uh, but. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about uh, quickly here. One of the Cubs minor league pitchers, Duncan Robinson, apparently has decided to step away from the game and pursue law school. Um, we were kind of reading this before we got started, but uh, Robinson was an up and coming prospect and a guy that you know we, we'd heard a lot. At least I'd, I'd heard of his name before, and the Cubs themselves had mentioned him as a guy they they liked as a pitching prospect. But um, he's stepping away from the game. I guess kind of. Not like, I mean, good for him, but uh, surprising news. Yeah, I did find that surprising. Um, you know, cool for him that he made that decision. He's, you know, uh, 27 years old and 
still in the minors. He's never been a guy with great stuff, um, but he's always been a guy who, for the most part, has performed. Um, mm-hmm. I know he only made five starts in 2019. I can, you know, see that he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Uh, his stuff is somewhat marginal, but he has, you know, he throws a bunch of pitches, um, and he's had some success, you know, in the minor leagues, but. I guess my assumption here, and this is another Dartmouth guy, um, is that he kind of is smart enough to know that he maybe wasn't going to make it. And maybe he had some tough conversations with the Cubs about how they view his future. And that led to him deciding to take this other path, which if that's the case, you know, obviously it's a good decision on his part. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard, hard to fault him, especially, I mean, when you are, right there in the thick of it of you know on the precipice maybe of maybe making it into the major leagues if you feel like you know the smarter choice is to do something else good for you you know like you, you saw this through then so good for him yeah um he's, he's way further than i ever would have tried been if i tried to play baseball so good for that guy but um one final note here before we uh, start looking at the weekend games um i saw bleacher nation shared Fangraphs uh playoff odds and for the cubs they dropped seven <laughs> percent to 20.5 percent after their opening day loss which is just like stupid funny um but also <laughs> ridiculous um what an over overreaction seven points <laughs> come on yeah i'm sure it's based on some algorithm and not like a fan graphs person just like downvoting it but yeah it it uh it, yeah. it definitely seems like a weird overcorrection the funny thing is too it doesn't look like pittsburgh's changed at all <laughs> <laughs> they're just like nope they suck so do the cubs <laughs> i i agree with that with with that one not moving but yeah <laughs> right that was funny but yeah um Previewing this weekend's games, Jake Arrieta's on the mound for Saturday's 120 start. Um, it's him against Tyler Anderson. Anderson in 2020, uh, about a 4.37 ERA and about 60 innings of work, um, 25 walks to 41 strikeouts. Um, the Cubs saw him last time in 2018. They beat him. They scored off two runs, but he struck out nine batters. Um, I don't really know much much about Tyler Anderson besides him being a left-handed arm that should hopefully play to the Cubs. Oh wait, no, it doesn't. They're uh, all mainly uh, <laughs> relying on left-handed hitters to be their power hitters. So that's going to be an issue. Um, but Jake Arrieta looked really strong in his last couple starts uh, in the spring training. You know, he's, as long as he's locating the bo- por- bottom portion of the strike zone, if he has some good play off his cutter slider, um, you know, he should be able to hopefully maintain and avoid walks. Really. That's kind of the big thing, but I guess, what are you looking for Jake? Uh, Another Jake Dailies. What are you what are you expecting from Marietta? Yeah, um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I thought in his first start this spring, his stuff looked pretty pedestrian. Um, but as the spring went on, his fastball remained kind of 92 miles an hour, sitting in that zone. Doesn't throw 96, 97 anymore. But um, yeah, the uh, the stuff on his secondary and and tertiary pitch, pitches all kind of picked up a little bit, and I thought that was really good to see the the slider cutter combo that was such a frisbee in 2015 that you know basically vaulted him to the Cy Young award just by a great second half. Uh, that that pitch isn't exactly the same, but you can see flashes of it. At least you did in spring training so i've got some hope that jake could have uh, a pretty good season for the cubs this year 
I think so too. I, um, I, I, he doesn't have to necessarily be a superstar, and I don't think anyone's, you know, expecting Jake to come close to that. But, um, you know, he has just have to basically avoid walking guys and avoid the hard contact. If he can just locate his pitch as well and still get some strikes, and if he is giving up hits or you know soft contact, hopefully can turn into ground balls, double plays, those type of things. He he plays up to that, and those are things Jake can do. That's not like asking John Lester to locate his pitches and also try and add three more miles to his fastball. Like, it's, it's a realistic ask, you know, instead of asking John Lester to gut out 18 starts for you. Um, you can at least ask come up there with Jake Arrieta and have, like, a realistic game plan in my head, at least that's how I've approached it. At least I don't know, but um, looking at more of Tyler Anderson's numbers, he does not give up a lot of hard contact um, does walk a decent amount, but he's got a high strikeout rate and he doesn't give up a lot of barrels either. It looks like according to baseball savant. Um, so yeah, he's going to be a guy that locates relatively well, but throws basically a fastball cutter combination with like a change up curve that he'll throw in from time to time. But a lot of fastballs. Hopefully, maybe that means the Cubs can get on top of him despite him being from the left side. Um, and then Sunday start, it'll be Zach Davies. Not Kyle Davies. Nice. Zach Davies against Mitch Keller. Keller's a burner. Um, he can he can throw it hard, but he does struggle with walks. He only got, uh, I believe, two starts last year in 21, or I think it was three starts, 21 and two-thirds innings. The uh, Pirates shut him down pretty early on in their season. Um 18 walks to 16 strikeouts, gave up some home runs, but a 2.91 ERA. Um, He's got great stuff. It's just kind of, this is his make or break year for the Pirates. Davies, on the other hand, had a really strong 2020, his best season yet. 2019, pretty solid too. I know that's a guy you're really high on. What are you, uh, what are you most excited to see from Zach Davies on Sunday? I'm excited to see if he throws a high changeup because I saw him do that Mm. in spring training. And I know that's something Kyle, I, I yeah, know that's something he Kyle Hendricks has done in the past when he has his changeup working a lot. He'll throw a high changeup, and I think probably gets a hitter off balance seeing it coming. You, you know he throws it, but it's still really awkward the way uh, his changeup moves at the speed that it moves for I think especially left-handed batters. So. Uh, I've seen Davies doing it too. Davies has one of the better changeups in the league, just like Hendricks, and then also to a lesser extent Alex Alec Mills. Uh, so I, I really am interested to see what kind of success he can have because uh, for the longest time I've always kind of thought of Davies as a slightly harder throwing but less good secondary stuff uh, of Hendricks, and his career's kind of played out that way, but. Um, if he can throw 90, 91, 92 with his fastball and kind of use that really good changeup the way Kyle Hendricks uses his, he can be really good. I mean, he could really be Kyle Hendricks light on this team. We, you, there could be two of them. Imagine that. So yeah, that that's what I'm, um, that's what I'm <laughs> looking for that. is to see. I know that those guys talked early in the spring. I know that, you know, Alzali talked a lot to Jake Arietta. I want to see what some of these guys are learning from the veteran leadership on this team. Yeah. One thing I will say that that is kind of weird and different for a lot of the other NL Central teams is like despite the Cubs having a lot of new faces for this year, they're all very relatively familiar with the NL Central. At least the NL Central is familiar with them because they're all essentially from the NL Central. Like they all maybe had a season or two away from it, but Trevor Williams, obviously a former pirate, 
Jake spent how many ever years with the Cubs and now is back. Zach Davies was with the Brewers for three seasons before he went to San Diego and was back here. Obviously, Kyle Hendricks and Alec Mills have been Cubs for a few years now. Um, you could probably say that with a lot of guys in the in the NL Central, I guess, because they're you know pitching. The teams haven't changed dramatically in the last couple of years, but I think it is weird that the Cubs have a lot of new faces, but a lot of familiar faces, of course, according to the NL Central. Um, it's kind of a weird. Right. Yeah. They're not going to come out but, and surprise anybody. Um, they're not surprising the Cardinals or the Brewers or the Reds with Trevor Williams. Right. Like the they know who that guy is. They have all seen him a bunch mm-hmm. of times. So you're right. It's uh you know, by by signing those guys and bringing them into the rotation, you aren't really adding anyone new uh, as far as your competition is concerned. So it is something to think about. Yeah. Um, OPS numbers for the Cubs against Mitch Keller. Um, they haven't seen him a ton of times, but Rizzo and Contreras, Rizzo in seven plate appearances or seven games, a 629 OPS, not so great, but a couple of those hits are home runs. And then Wilson Contreras in four games and 1167 OPS. Those will be guys we'll be watching. And then Tyler Anderson, uh, the Cubs have seen him a decent amount from his time in the Colorado. Uh, Bryant and Bodie both hit him hard, but both those times when they hit him, they were Mm. in Colorado. Um, So, yeah, kind of inflated numbers here a little bit. But Jack Peterson, five games, uh, OPS of 1350. Rizzo, nine games, OPS of 1222. That's a lefty. He hits well. Um, So some good numbers, some things to look forward to for Saturday. Um, But before we wrapped up, Ryan, was there anything you wanted to mention before we uh, closed out before uh, last show of the weekend? No, uh, yeah. Hopefully anybody hearing this uh, is maybe listening to it uh, before or while they watch a a Cubs victory on Saturday. Yeah, fingers crossed. We're hoping for some wins here. Maybe we'll have something fun to break down from this weekend, but it's not all doom and gloom. First uh, series of the season. I know opening day can feel like it it means more. It weighs a little bit, but then you get to game two and game five and game 14. You're like, oh, yeah, Yeah. wait, there's a (laughs) lot of these. Um, (laughs) So it's not... It's not the end of the world. We don't have 60, but we got 162 right. this year, assuming things go smoothly. Oh, um, before we go, what did you think of the comments about the the vaccination from the Cubs? I know they can't force players to get vaccinated, but I thought it was pretty strongly worded that they were heavily yeah, encouraging. Yeah, I, I saw that they were heavily encouraging it, which I think is good. Uh, I know David Ross made some comments where he, mm. he said that he had been vaccinated already. Uh, which is great, but that he also said, you know, he encouraged players to do their own research. That sounded kind of like a, I'm not telling them they have to do it kind of thing. Cause he knows he can't. Um, so I, I was fine with that. Uh, but yeah, the, um, you know, comments from the players are all kind of hit and miss it really, you know, my position on it is uh, as soon as you're able to, you should get the shot. You know, if, if you are able, if you are able to, I know not everybody can do that. you know, some, some people have, you know, medical reasons to not be able to get vaccinations and that's what herd immunity is so important for. But, you know, herd immunity means the people who can should. So, you know, that I, I think that that should be the message that's getting out there. And, uh, that's not necessarily what you're hearing from everybody, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it, exactly we're not going to tell people what to do but it, it should be strongly encouraged but with that that is our show today man um we appreciate you guys coming around here it's going to be a fun couple weeks with the cubs kicking off here and looking like maybe a team that um you know might make us really really upset certain games but at least there's potential there's things to look forward to but appreciate you guys sticking around enjoy your weekend